0: Swinging London. In 1965 and 1966, it was the epicenter of the youth culture. Miniskirts, bell-bottoms, and flowery prints were all the rage in fashion. Avant-garde art, movies, and plays abounded. Flower power and peace were top of the mind. The scent of marijuana wafted through the air. And to top it all off, The band that were the reigning champs of the music world, the Beatles, had taken some time off for the first time in three years, surprising manager Brian Epstein, who had presumed his lads would follow the pattern of the past two years, which involved filming a movie, doing a new album, which would be followed by a world tour. Instead, John Paul George and Ringo were seen everywhere around London, inhaling all of the youth culture deeply. Whatever any of the four members pursued or attended, it was magnified and covered by all of the media. Paul McCartney. I think we
1: were lucky to be placed at the right point in time when our generation was finding its feet. As we said, the post-war period, now suddenly all these people were 20 and looking for something exciting to do. The freedom was there. The money situation wasn't bad. There were a lot of jobs and things at that point. And I think in answer to your question, I think, yeah, we changed a lot. I, think, I don't think we did it. I think we were spokesmen for a lot of people. People used to say, what about the haircut? And so, oh, you invented that. we said, no, 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 it was this bloke called Jürgen. There was always someone who turned us on, and we just followed it and thought, this is a really good idea. We'll bring that into the mainstream. But we weren't necessarily the inventors of it all. I mean, there were millions of art students and students coming up when we came up who were as bright as we were. Well, it showed in the the fashion industry, and in plays, and uh, in literature, and in book writing. There was a generation. and I think it was the war thing, the baby boom thing. But yeah, without the Beatles, it would have been a very different world.
0: By the time the Beatles went into the recording studio, they were excited and set out to break new ground. The result? Revolver. Harrison and Ringo Starr. I don't
2: see too much difference myself in Rubber Soul and Revolver. To me they could both be like volume 1 and volume 2. They both were very pleasant and enjoyable records for me.
3: We were having more fun in the studio from Revolver, Rubber Soul as it was building up. It was getting more experimental. The songs were getting better, more interesting.
0: So That's where we were going. On October 28th, Apple Universal will drop the Beatles Revolver Special Edition, a new stereo remixed version by Giles Martin and Sam O'Kell at Abbey Road Studios, a mono mix of the album, and two discs of outtakes, demos, and rough mixes, and an EP of the stereo and mono versions of the two hit singles released ahead of the album. It's available on vinyl, CD, or digitally. In the deluxe set, you get a stellar 100-plus-page book featuring many rare photos, a new Klaus Vorman graphic novel about making the album's cover, and in-depth descriptions of the songs and the sets. Hi, I'm Dan Near. Over the next hour, we'll play you as many songs from this masterwork as we can fit in, along with interviews from Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, the late John Lennon, George Harrison, and George Martin, and his son, Giles Martin.
4: run. You didn't lie, you knew I wanted just to hold you. And Had you gone, you knew in time we'd meet again for I had told you. I do what can i be when i'm with you i want to stay there if i'm true i'll never leave and if i do i know the way there ooh and i suddenly see you ooh did i tell you i need you every single
0: sounding spectacular in the new stereo mix from the Beatles Revolver Special Edition, that's got to get you into my life. It was the first time the Beatles had used horns on a song. At the time the Beatles were recording Revolver, the mono version of the album was considered to be the most important. The stereo mix was almost an afterthought. They only had a couple of four-track machines as well, so Giles Martin, without getting too technical, how were you able to make such a magical stereo mix?
5: If you want to mix that, if you want to go back to that, because it was mono coming out of one speaker, it didn't make a difference. But if you want to have a sound field, so you want the drums to be in the middle, the guitar to be on the right-hand side, you can't separate those. You can't do that. So you you listen to Revolver, the stereo Revolver, quite often you'll hear all the band in one side. How to demix it is a bit like... Um, If you imagine giving a cake and say, can I just have the flour, eggs, milk, and sugar and butter given back to me? You'd think that'd be impossible, but that's essentially what we're doing here. And it's incredible how it's done, and it's done with this incredible team run by Peter Jackson, the famous director in New Zealand.
0: The songwriters all took leaps forward for Revolver. Here's Ringo as to some of the reasons. Our whole attitude was changing. um,
3: We'd grown off a little. I think Grass was really influential in a lot of our changes, especially with with the writers. You know, so because they were writing different stuff, uh, we were playing differently. We were all, you know, expanding in in all areas of our life, you know, opening up to a lot of different attitudes.
0: and penned i'm only sleeping from the beatles revolver special edition and remixed in sumptuous stereo for the first time george harrison placed three songs that he wrote on revolver including the album's opener taxman after working relentlessly for years and becoming the biggest band in the world the Beatles had a crushing realization in 1966.
2: Well, that was the point where you discover you're not actually, you know, you paying more money to the tax man than you are. You know, you get so happy that you finally started earning money. And then you find out that, I mean, in those days, we paid 19 shillings and sixpence out of every pound. You know, that's when there was 20 shillings in a pound. And that was with super tax and surtax and tax tax and stuff. and. You know, it was ridiculous, uh, you know, a heavy penalty to pay for, for
0: making money. Even though Taxman is a George Harrison composition, he did not play lead guitar on the song. That job fell to Paul McCartney. I did
1: play some lead on, on the Beatles records. Taxman, I played the solo on Taxman. Because uh, I was into, like, Hendrix, and the guys hadn't heard Jimmy. And I used to know John Mayle quite well and Eric had played in his band and John Mayle was the kind of guy you'd go around to his house late at night you know after the clubs or after a concert and stuff he's like a DJ he sits you down he gives you a drink he said just settle down and relax I'm gonna play you something and he goes over to his you know he's just popping on these blues things He says, have you heard B.B. King and I hadn't at the time this was quite a long time ago he says check this out and there's B.B. singing and playing and all these chicks screaming early B.B. King stuff, and it's great, I was blown away. And then he said, now listen to this guy who's just was in my band. He's, he's left, he's going into another band called Cream. He played me some early Eric, sensational stuff. I huh? said, so is that a guitar? It sound like a, a violin, some of that early feedback stuff. And he's saying, yeah, you know, that's it. So I immediately went down the guitar shop and kind of bought a guitar, totally got into feedback and everything. And at the time, I think George wasn't into that, he got into it later, but... The time it was me if we wanted sort of feedbacky kind of stuff. So uh tax man I did and um, a few things like that. Some of the just the, the, the nutty stuff I played.
4: Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you 19 for me. Cause
0: scorching taxman from the newly released Beatles Revolver Special Edition. The first single released months before the whole Revolver album dropped was John Lennon's Rain. As the band's vision for their music expanded, they leaned heavily on their longtime producer, George Martin.
6: As far as their musical creativity was concerned, they were becoming more and more productive and the work they were giving me was much more interesting. They were finding new frontiers all the time. They were getting more and more interested in unusual sounds, and um, uh, yes, I mean, they were trying out new instruments and always coming to me saying, what, what ideas have you got for this? You know, um, yesterday had been a breakthrough. We'd used, first time we'd ever used other instrumentalists on the, on the records. The only person who had ever played with them before was me, and now we had a group of other musicians. And their ideas now were beginning to become much more potent in the studio. And they would start telling me what they wanted, and they would start um, pressing me for more ideas and more ways of translating those ideas into reality.
0: Paul McCartney, John Lennon, and Ringo Starr.
1: One day, uh, tape Op got a tape on backwards. He we went to play it, and
7: it. That's the first record with backwards music on it before Hendrix, before the hoop. Cherie's now, is near nearer.
3: Musically, I felt we were progressing in leaps and bounds. Some of the stuff on this and the Rubber Soul album was brilliant. There was nothing like it.
0: Not only did Rain feature backwards vocals, it was recorded fast so that they could then slow it down to add a more surrealistic feeling. On the new Revolver Special Edition Collection, you can find the original fast version. Now here's a taste of that, followed by the finished masterpiece. Rain by the Beatles, a little bit of the fast recording, and then the finished, slowed-down song, both found on the newly released Beatles Revolver Special Edition.
7: People said I advise you not to leave, and we thought he was all trying to keep us from an orgy in his house, and we didn't want to know, you know.
0: You'll hear that whole story and more songs when the Beatles Revolver Special Edition All Access wafts through your speakers again in just a couple of minutes.
4: You tell me that you've got the thing you want. And your bird can sing, but you don't get me You don't get me <laughs> <laughs> But you don't get me You can't see me <laughs> <laughs> When your are rising Start
8: to weigh
5: you down Look in my direction One, two, three, four! Hi, I'm Giles Martin and you're listening to the Beatles Revolver Special Edition on All Access.
0: George Harrison and John Lennon take us back to a wild evening they spent with a doctor.
2: Well, I had a dentist anyway. One night, John
0: and his wife...
2: Cynthia and Patty and myself were having dinner at this guy's house. Now this fella, for some reason or other, had obtained lysergic acid diethylamide 25, which at that time was, uh, it, was a, it was not a illegal. It was a legally obtained medication. <laughs> but we didn't really know about it. I seem to recall that I'd heard vaguely about it but i didn't really know what it was
7: and he just put it in our coffee or something yeah you know. he was saying i advise you not to go. he didn't know what it was it was just a sort of you know it's all the thing you know with the sort of middle class london swingers or whatever i had all heard about it and they didn't know it was different from pot or pills and they gave us it and he was saying i advise you not to leave and we thought he was all trying to keep us from an orgy in his house and we didn't want to know you know it was
2: became like a bit seedy to me it looked like he was trying to get something happening in his house. There was some reason he didn't want us to go. And then he was saying, okay, leave your car here, I'll drive you. And then you can come back later. I said, no, no, we'll go. And we go in my car and we drove. And this guy came as well in his car. We got to the
7: nightclub. You know, we were just insane. We got in the lift and we all thought there was a fire in the lift. It was just a little red light and we were all screaming like that class- And it was all hysterical. And we all arrived on the floor because this was a discotheque that was up a building, you know. we get And the lift stops and the door opens and we are all going, ah! It
2: felt like the elevator was on fire and that we were going into hell or something. It was, but we were all in hysterics and like crazy. And then we got out at the top and everything was okay. And we sat there probably for hours and hours. I ended up driving everybody home. It was like daylight. And I was driving this Mini with John and Cynthia and Patty in it. I seem to remember we were doing 18 miles an hour. And I was really concentrating. Because some of the time it just felt normal, like as so though everything was okay. And then before you knew where you were, suddenly it was all crazy.
4: bring my friend, I said you go Dr Robert. They are not here there any time Dr Robert Dr. Robin. you
0: about George's dentist, maybe it was about a New York doctor, whichever one it was, the doctor in question had questionable prescription procedures. Dr. Roberts off of the new Revolver Special Edition by the Beatles. Here's John Lennon paying tribute to his songwriting partner, Paul McCartney.
7: Beatles records can stand up
0: in any period
7: unless music really changes you know? and so we were always ourselves and you can pick most of the beatle records a few of them are obviously of an era but most of them sound pretty old courant like hey jude or Eleanor rigby it doesn't matter what period what era paul mccartney
1: when i was when i was really little um i lived on what we call a housing estate, uh, which is like the project. There were a lot of old ladies and I enjoyed sitting around with these older ladies because they, they had these great stories in in this case about World War Two, you know. And one in particular who I used to kind of just visit and I'd kind of go shopping for her. You know, she couldn't get out. So anyway, so I remember her. So I had that figure in my mind of a sort of lonely old lady. And over the years, I'd met a couple of others. And I don't know, maybe the loneliness made me sort of empathize with them. But I thought it was a great character. So I, I started this song about the only old lady who picks up the rice in the church, who never really gets the dreams in her life. Then I added in the priest, the vicar, Father Mackenzie. And so there was just the two characters, you know, It was nice, it was like writing a a short story. In the song, I originally had Father McCartney, but when I came to finish it up with John, I brought it to John. And I said, uh, I don't want to call this Father McCartney because it's like my dad. It's just a bit confusing. So I said, okay, let's change it. So we got the phone book. We just went right down to sort of McCartney, 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 and looked for something, something. And the next one was like McKenzie. I said, that's better. We've been working with an actress called Eleanor Braun in the, the Beatles film Help. So I like the name Eleanor, but I was looking for this Eleanor Papa to make the, the rhythm. So I'm looking for this nice surname and I happened to be in Bristol and the, I saw a shop that said Rigby. So I thought, oh great, Eleanor Rigby. So now I had the, the name of my main character. But then years later, Somebody else is researching this and they said, you know in that village where John used to live, there's a graveyard uh, in the church, and there is a gravestone there to an Eleanor Rigby. So I said, "Did I subconsciously know that name? Why would I go around searching for it? I don't know. I think it's maybe a coincidence, but there is a gravestone in Liverpool in a place called Walton where me and John met that does say Eleanor Rigby..
0: A story told in two minutes and five seconds. Eleanor Rigby by The Beatles off the new Revolver Special Edition. While The Beatles were exploring the youth culture before they went into the studio to record Revolver, George Harrison picked himself up a new instrument. You know, John was doing how I won the war, so I
2: went to India. I think I went for about six weeks. And uh, it was a fantastic time. I just, you know, would go out and look at temples and go shopping and... You know, we travelled all over, we went to various places and eventually we went up to Kashmir and stayed on these houseboats up in the middle of the Himalayas and it was just, it was incredible. You know, I'd wake up in the morning, this little um, Kashmiri, fellow would bring us tea and biscuits and then I could hear Ravi in the next room would be doing his practice and that was uh, incredible times for me.
9: George got very interested in it and went to a couple of Ravi Shankar concerts, and then he sort of met Ravi until I was knocked out by him and saw, so, like, just as a person, he's an, he's an incredible fellow, you know, he's, really, he's one of the greatest. And uh, he didn't know that George was serious about it. And so when he found out George was serious, he was knocked out too. So the two of them are having a great time. (laughs) And, you know, that's how we've got Indian sounds on at the moment. Because the thing is, anyway, it's nice to sort of start bridging the two kinds of music. You know, because we we just started off in a very simple way. And then this album's got a bit better, Jamie. It's a little bit more like Indian music. And it helps people to understand it too, because it's very hard at first to understand, yeah. Once you get into it, it's
4: the greatest. They just go so fast. I turn-
0: into the mainstream, love you too, from the Beatles Revolver Special Edition.
1: I was lying in bed one night, and you know that moment just before you drift off to sleep? This is a little limbo moment. And somehow in that little limbo moment, I thought, ah, oh, this might be good for Ringo, a children's
0: song. That's next, when the Beatles Revolver Special Edition All Access returns in just a couple of more revolutions of the second hand on your clock. Good day, sunshine. Thank you for rejoining our unveiling of The Beatles Revolver Special Edition, All Access. I'm Dan Neer. Right after Revolver was released, the Beatles started a world tour that turned out to be their last. There were many reasons why they stopped playing live. One of them was it was getting dangerous and scary. George Martin.
6: All along this time, there were also death threats they were getting. I mean, it wasn't long since President Kennedy had been assassinated. And I remember going to one of their concerts at the Red Rocks Stadium, uh, where I climbed up on one of the gantries overlooking the stage with Brian and looked down at the boys below me during the, during the performance. And the amphitheatre of Red Rocks is such that you could have a sniper on the hill and pick off any of those fellows at any time, no problem. And I was very aware of this, and so was Brian,
0: and so were the boys. Paul McCartney and George Harrison.
1: The close harmonies on things like uh, Paperback Writer and "No Woman" were um, very hard to do on stage because you're just empty and there was no sort of guitar notes to take it off. Well we had
2: an um, eight track by then, I think. That was the problem. And so we yeah. would have the luxury of double tracking. And then also we were trying to compete with the wow. Beach Boys and Pet Sounds and all that. I think it was around that mm. time. When was Pet Sounds? It was all that. Yeah, so that although, All our wishes were really like double track.
4: Paperback writer.
2: Paperback. Yeah, that's <laughs> where it goes. Um, yeah. You know, there was nowhere doing it on stage, really.
4: Paperback writer.
0: Paperback writer brilliantly remixed for the Beatles Revolver Special Edition. Here's Paul McCartney on a moment of inspiration.
1: I was lying in bed one night, and you know that moment just before you drift off to sleep? This is a little limbo moment. And with me, one of the things I find myself doing because I'm a songwriter is i thinking of ideas for songs. And somehow in that little limbo moment, I thought... Ah, this might be good for Ringo, a children's song. Because Ringo was always very good with kids. And this idea of a yellow submarine, like a kid's book or something, came into my mind. So I think the next day, I just started writing it.
3: Ringo Starr. It's a nice story, you know, a man who sailed to sea. Paul wrote it, really. And because of its childlike qualities, that was one they always passed on to me. The interesting bit about the sound in the middle of that, besides the engine noises and the water, which was blowing in a straw, I mean, we did all our own sound effects. I was at one end of the studio shouting, "Up, Al- Alp to caper, Alp to caper, and John was in another, hey, Captain, how you, Captain? We all just sort of made it up on the spot.
8: In the town where I was born lived a man who sailed to sea And he told us of his life In the land of submarines So we sailed on the sun Till we found the sea of green And we live beneath the waves In our yellow submarines
4: Submarine
8: Yellow Submarine As we live a life of ease Every one of us has all we need
0: Surfacing off the Beatles' Revolver Special Edition Yellow Submarine. (laughs) Producer George Martin and John Lennon. It was on Revolver that, of course, we have the track Tomorrow Never Knows,
6: which was a great innovation.
7: That's me and my uh, Tibetan Book of the Dead period. So I gave it a throwaway title because I was a bit self-conscious about the lyrics of Tomorrow Never Knows, so I took one of Ringo's malapropisms, which was like Hard Day's Night, to take the edge off the heavy philosophical lyrics. Paul McCartney.
9: John came up with the lyrics to it, and he'd just been reading Tibetan Book of the Dead, and he he was dead impressed by it, you know. And uh, he decided that he'd, um write the song, and we only had one verse, and I think we stretched it to sort of two verses, and we couldn't think of any more words, because we sort of said it all, what we wanted to say in about two verses, so we had to try and work out how to sort of do it, and how to make it different. So I decided to do some of those, those loops that i have been doing on my home tape recorder. And they're just tape loops. So I just took along a longer bag full of six tape loops to the session, and we just tried them and mixed them in and brought them in in those places and so, uh, so I suppose it was sort of vaguely my idea, that bit of it. In fact, I think actually at the moment, that is what we want to do, what we did, what we've done on Revolver. If we did all, a whole album of them, then uh, we'd be doing what like the people who do electronic music do they go too far out too suddenly and no one stays with them everyone else is left behind because they're miles out ahead but in fact what we've tried to do is like do the last album Rubber Soul a bit more towards that then this one a bit more and the next one should be a bit more and if people stay with us, you know, it's great
4: Turn off your mind Relax and float downstream It is not down
0: and groundbreaking Tomorrow Never Knows Unfortunately that's the last song we have time for on our all-access journey through the Beatles Revolver Special Edition but before we go a couple of last words First the producer and remixer of the new Special Edition Giles Martin I just have the four of
5: them and I have well there's two Beatles and so they have the biggest say as they should do and Ringo and Paul would have the biggest say um, Olivia and Danny Harrison have a great attention to, G- to George's songs and Sean and Yoko have a big say in the whole package they, they're all involved in everything there's a trust that they have which I don't take for granted and, and I put a lot of heart and soul into this I mean I, we talk about technology but it's not about technology it's how the music makes you feel and it's understanding what they were trying to achieve. And, you know, Paul's very good at that, for instance. Paul's saying, you know, this is what we're trying to do. And we'll talk about it, but it's not a problem. We have a momentum with this and everyone wants the best and there's no difficulties in trying to get that. Paul McCartney.
1: So we were lucky, we were excited. I think the chemistry of the four of us was very special. I think it's, I always think of it as four corners of a square. You couldn't do without any corner. You know, people will sort of say, well, Ringo was just the drummer. He was much more than that. Still is to this day, very witty, very clever guy. No education whatsoever. Went to school for about three or four days, I think. he was ill when he was a kid. George was a huge influence. I've seen books sort of saying, no, oh, George Harrison standing around with his plectrum in his hand waiting for a solo. That's not it. He was much more involved. We were all of us, much more involved. The Beatles made the Beatles what it was by being those four personalities. It wasn't just John, it wasn't just me. Uh, John and I obviously were the songwriters, except when George started to write really great things, he wrote he wrote uh, Frank Sinatra's favorite Lennon McCartney song. He introduced it like that. My favorite Lennon McCartney. Hey Frank, it's Snow, it's a Harrison.
0: You can get your favorite version of the Beatles Revolver Special Edition wherever you buy music. <laughs> The Beatles Revolver Special Edition All Access was written and produced in New Jersey by Near Perfect Productions for Apple Universal, all rights reserved. No portion may be used without the written permission of the producers. Special thanks to Paul McCartney and all at MPL, Ringo Starr and Elizabeth Freund, Olivia and Danny Harrison, Yoko Ono and Sean Lennon, and Jamie Hartley from UME. I'm Dan Near. Thanks for listening.